This episode of Behind the Bots is brought to you by Fingertech Robotics, North America's top manufacturer of combat robotics parts. If you're interested in building your first combat robot, check out Fingertech's Viper Kit, which includes everything you need to build a fully functional, competitive ant weight. Fingertech also carries a complete line of wheels, hubs, motors, and other components if you want to build a bot from the ground up. Check them out online at www.fingertechrobotics.com. Corners of my basement where construction is underway of a brand new 30-pound robot battle station. This is Behind the Bots. The podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind BattleBots. I'm Chris. I'm Luke. And I'm Kyle. And today on the podcast, our interview with Dragon Slayer builders Dylan Halsey, Jordan Neal, and Justin Kaiser. We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. Follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really, 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 really appreciate your support. Before we get to the news, I want to give a special shout out to 15-year-old James Mahoney from Lincoln, California. Thanks so much for listening to the show, James. Time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have five news items for you today. First up, BattleBots this week opened a new merch store on Amazon to provide an alternative to the fake BattleBots t-shirts that have cropped up illegally on the site. Check out BattleBots' Facebook page for a link to the new store. Uh, did you get a chance to, uh, to check out the new Amazon store? Chris, Kyle, thoughts on the store? I looked it up after you told us about it, and um, I, I'll give you my, my thoughts. I am... Uh... Whelmed. Whelmed. Maybe maybe heading towards underwhelmed. It is unfortunate that a, a sport that creates so much creative energy and energetic passion has such boring shirts. Mm. I've I've wondered about this myself, Kyle. Uh, the merch game, <laughs> the merch game in BattleBots is so much stronger on the team level than it is on yes. the corporate BattleBots level. Do you think it is perhaps like BattleBots has the merch because they know they they should, but they don't want to take away a possible revenue stream from the builders, so they make sure their merch is just just there, just par, instead of wow spectacular. 40 chess. So what you're saying is the BattleBots merch is, is intentionally not as cool as it could be because they want to make sure that the builders get as much merch revenue as, as possible. Is that, is that what you're... I'm kind of picturing this like the last... Uh... Like the, the the last Mad Max movie where there's just these levers where they can unleash creative T-shirts down onto all of the builders below. Is that what's going on? Graphic design. 
I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, when like, so back a couple of years ago when I was not a podcaster, no one knew who I was. I was just a regular BattleBots fan. I went to BattleBots.com. I bought a team shirt and it came and I was so disappointed in the quality. It's like, it's like they, they make the, the beefiest shirts. Like they're just like shaped like a, a rectangle. No one looks good in them, you know, just like the shirt itself. Um, the shirts are fairly expensive and, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I think, uh, I think with so many talented artists, you know, we can create better shirts, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a, I wonder if there is like a, like an exclusive, uh, partnership that discovery has with some kind of clothing, uh, you know, manufacturer distributor. And like, they're only used to making shirts for wicked tuna. And so, like, they're just like, yeah, we can make you a shirt that has, mm. uh, you know, a bite force on it. Sure, that's that's interesting. But the but the shirts are sold on the BattleBots like uh, web page, not on Discover. You know, it's they're separate um, corporate entities. I, plus, the the thing that's super incongruent is like the BattleBots set design is really good. Yeah, you know, I like. As a person who's done set design and, um, like, as part of my career for my entire adult life, I can say, like, legitimately, BattleBots does a great job creating the right atmosphere with their scenery. I think that the graphics design, as far as, like, their presentation on the show is excellent. Um, what, why don't they have those people make the shirts? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I've, I've heard a uh, conspiracy theory about the BattleBots merch that I haven't been able to verify. So maybe I'll, I'll tell you after uh, after we stop recording. I don't want to be spreading misinformation in the community, but um, I, I have heard people <laughs> give me their theories about uh, about BattleBots merch. But that's neither. The reason your shirts are not cool is because of the Illuminati, Luke. Is that what you're telling me? Is that what we're hearing from you right now? You just blink twice if that's the case. Um, we're, it's neither here nor there. We're, we're, we're already getting off track. But uh, let's go on to our second story of the day. Meanwhile, BattleBots judge Lisa Winter is getting into the NFT game, auctioning off pixel art of her bot Megatento on the NFT marketplace OpenSea. The auction ended Tuesday. As of Monday night, Lisa's art was selling for around $45 per NFT. In poker chip news, Team Switchback is running a contest on their social media pages, promising to give away 10 poker chips to random winners. Check out details on how to enter on Switchback's Facebook page. Speaking of Team Merch, Bloodsport is selling its Shattered Tribar, which it broke last season in the opening moments of a chaotic and controversial match with Gruff. Bloodsport listed the 80-pound tri-bar on its website for $1,250, saying proceeds from the sale will help fund the team's next build. And finally, Robot Ruckus this week opened up VIP ticket sales to their Combat Robotics Silent Auction, which will be held next month at Maker Faire Orlando. Last year, the hottest auction item was a slow dance with Hypershot Captain and Certified Dreamboat Will Bales. VIP auction tickets cost $100 each and give you the opportunity to meet your favorite BattleBots builders in person while snacking on hors d'oeuvres. Look for the link in this week's show notes. And that's it for this week's news. Nobody puts Will Bales in a corner. (laughs) Who won that last year? Was it Kurt Durgin from Axe Backwards? Am I remembering that correctly? Oh, yes. That is forever burned into my memory. Yeah, that was Kurt. That was absolutely (laughs) Kurt. 
Uh, yeah. Um, you know, this... Who, who we got to get on the podcast, by the way. Kurt Durgin, by all reports and by all evidence on social media, is one of the coolest human beings in the robot combat community. And I would love to have a conversation with him. I mean, anyone who will throw $1,000 at a slow dance with Will Bales is okay in my book. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's get Kurt on the show. And that's it for this week's news. After the break, our interview with Dylan Jordan and Justin. This interview is brought to you by Just Cause Robotics and friend of the pod, Seth Schaefer. Seth has competed in BattleBots with Bloodsport and in Season 6 with Retrograde. His goal is to make it easier for new builders to get involved in combat robotics through guides and tutorials and now custom products. If you're interested in learning more, check out his website at JustCauseRobotics.com. That's JustCuzRobotics.com. This week on the podcast, we have three very special guests, Dragon Slayer builders Jordan Neal, Dylan Halsey, and Justin Kaiser. Jordan, Dylan, and Justin teamed up last year to build the heavyweight combat robot Piranha, which ultimately wasn't selected to compete on the 2020 season of BattleBots. They went back to the drawing board this year and applied with Dragon Slayer, a medieval-themed two-wheeled vertical spinner that got onto the show filmed earlier this year in Las Vegas. Outside of combat robotics, Dylan, Justin, and Jordan work at Halsey Manufacturing, a family-run machine shop in Denton, Texas. We're looking forward to learning all about Dragon Slayer's rookie season in the hour ahead. So welcome to the show, Dylan, Justin, and Jordan. Howdy. Howdy. Hello. Howdy. Howdy. I love that. Um, yeah, very central Texas welcome. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you that just like right before we start, the thing that I really love about your story is that you are living the BattleBots dream. You know, like there are so many people who watch this show and it's such a big leap to of bravery, I would say, you know, to say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to build a heavyweight combat robot and get it onto the show. Um, there's a lot of fans that are like you, but very few fans who are who are actually brave enough to to jump into uh, to the deep end and uh, and actually apply with with a with a totally rookie build. So um, I just want to congratulate you on completing the season, getting a robot um, into one place and uh, and competing with it. So really looking forward to hearing your story. Um, Jordan, I, I'd love to start with you and hear more about Piranha. Um, so Piranha was a robot that I had heard about um, in the 2020 season, but I'd love to get the story of Piranha. Um, at what point, maybe you could kind of bring me back to when you decided to build a BattleBot, you know, can you set set the scene for that? Like, how, how did you set, did, did, how did you decide to build it? And what was that build process like? So, so for this, I'll, I'll rewind all the way back to probably like 2002-ish, back when I was living in Wichita Falls. Uh, you know, I, I would spend all my time at, at my grandma's house. And this is something that, uh, you know, Chris and Kenny will talk about on BattleBots. We'll touch on this a little bit. I started watching Robot Wars uh, from what she would record on BBC, because my, my grandma's from England. She just watches BBC all day. Uh, and she would record anything that, you know, she thought I would like because I spent most of my time there. And I, I just I loved Robot Wars. I would watch that all day, every day. Uh, but, you know, that was that was a long time ago. I was just a little kid. I was I was four or five years old. Um, I, of course, it, in that day and day and age, you know, I, there was a time when I didn't have any access to the internet. There was no way I would know how to 
get into doing that myself, but uh, my interest waned a little bit over time. But then uh, BattleBots, of course, got its ABC reboot in 2015. And that is when I realized, being older then, about 16, 17, uh, there were avenues for me to, to try this kind of thing. And, you know, I, I could have gone the route that many people did, and that was starting at the one or three pound weight class that are that are more common, probably the most popular. Uh, but I but I skipped ahead on that. You know, I I wanted to get on TV with my big, scary heavyweight robot, you know, and my solution to that was Piranha. And and the way that it was made was very uh, uh, it was mishmashed together at times. You know, I would basically just order whatever I thought I could use off of uh, Metals Depot and just put it together as ideas would come into my head. You know, I didn't have a, a shape in mind at the very beginning. It kind of came together, came, excuse me, came together as I thought about it. You know, I thought, Hey, that looks good. I'll build up. I'll start with that. And then I can build upon that from there. And eventually, you know, I, by, I would say mid 2019, this started in 2018, mid 2019, I had a, uh, uh, what looked like a real robot put together. And then the last step was to, you know, have the spinner made, which, uh, I still have all components of it, but the spinner is actually here up here at the shop kind of on display and also being used as a footstool to reach behind the 3d printer. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it's, it's a big six by six by 12 brick of aluminum with, uh, seven eighths by, uh, three by six S seven teeth on either side. It's a big, 59 pound monstrosity but uh i brought the materials to make that here uh up to halls of manufacturing and you know without so much as a cat i just had an idea you know and you know dylan and justin are the people i work closely with to help that get made and then i think after about two weeks and the part was finished i uh I was able to spark an interest with them and being part of the team that I was putting together. It was really just me and my dad at the time. But um, after I brought them on, it was like, well, we, we got a real team here. And so Justin would come over uh, pretty much once or twice a weekend and help me cab the robot bass backwards, as I said. Uh, we had a whole robot made and then we catted it up just so BattleBots would be happy with our, our wiring diagram and seeing where all of our stuff was because they, they need that as part of their application process. And, you know, it, it, it all came together. It just it wasn't quite enough to get accepted. And I'm almost kind of glad that that happened because uh, if, if you were to see Piranha in person, you would understand that it would not stand up to the stresses of 2019 or 2020 battle bots maybe maybe uh maybe early 2010s robo games would have been okay but uh beyond that you know i i had a i would sometimes daydream about what i'd say if i want to fight with prawn i would say well it's got a weapon like thor's hammer and armor like wet toast so <laughs> um it did did greg and trey give you feedback when when you applied with piranha did they say oh you're really close or was it just kind of like a boilerplate no you know um what what was it like getting rejected i guess with with this robot that you'd put so much time and effort into so i was in constant contract uh excuse me constant contact with uh greg mostly i i never got to uh speak to trey but uh greg was always uh the one that i had talked to I had actually emailed him pictures of the robot, a couple of videos of it working, smashing, you know, computer parts and pumpkins and stuff. 
because uh, it was getting around Halloween time. But um, uh, he had eventually uh, called me back in response to my emails while I was at work, actually. And the first thing he asked me was, uh, hey, how much does that weapon weigh? He was like, well, it's about 60 pounds. He was like, all right, good, because uh, 80 pounds is the limit now because it's getting kind of crazy. Uh, we have Deep Six to thank for that, I think, <laughs> for tearing a huge hole in the ground. But uh, after, you know, discuss, uh, discussing some of the more technical aspects, just making sure that Piranha could operate well and actually survive in the battle box for an extended period of time. Uh Greg told me that, you know, it, it is, you know, I, I think he described it as being, uh, as far as the season four applicants were uh, looking at the time, he said he said it was probably in the bottom 50% as far as likelihood to get in. Mm. And I, you know, it, it was, I, I would agree with him, you know, both now and back then, mm. knowing that. But, uh, uh, you know... That 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 was right, you know, and it 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 kind of hurt to hear yeah. at first. It was uncomfortable seeing that this very what was to me a very awesome and cool, literally the coolest thing I had ever done was you know fifty yeah, percent. But he was right, you know, mm. and I took what he had said uh, to heart. And he really didn't have a problem with uh, the technical aspects of it. It was it was a working robot, you know. It just it was it was boxy, and it had. Uh, it it kind of, if you look at a picture of it, it looks like it has a sticker on top, but it's a, it's a thin aluminum, like decorative plate that was printed on and just bolted on. But, um, hmm. I can tell you right now it was, it was probably a good thing that Piranha did not get a spot in 2019 battle bots. I would have, it, it was much better that we had brought Dragon Slayer with us instead as our, as our first impression. Yeah. Now it's, it's, it's interesting because you came back with a second robot design and I'm curious how much of Greg's feedback kind of went into your second design, you know, your second pass at this with, with Dragon Slayer. Um, and also, you know, with Dragon Slayer, did you build the whole robot before you applied or, or did you send, send CAD first and then build after, after you got a yes? The Dragon Slayer was like, a conceptual design between all three of us. And um, what we did was we power houred all four seasons of BattleBots in two days. What? Really? Yes. And while we were watching, uh, watching the four seasons of BattleBots, we uh, had, I have a, three-tier monitor design to where I can watch television um, design and have some concept art up all at, uh, at one time. So we were going through different types of bots and, you know, oh, we like this, this part of this, this design, but we want it to be a vertical spinner. You know, we have two wheels. We have NPCs already here. We have Amplos already here from, from all from uh, Piranha. So what I did was I took the concept of us doing, a, it started out actually as an egg beater. And then it went down to a spinning wedge 
so that that sort of drove the concept of the two wheels and and the uh the 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 front design but yeah it was all designed in one weekend watching all four seasons of BattleBots. um one of one of the things that really struck me when i saw dragon slayer was the build quality and it's really clear that <laughs> that your team has built complicated things in the past like a, it doesn't seem like this is your first you know complicated object you know can you tell me a little bit more about about your team's experience like outside of combat robotics like what else do you build at halsey you know um have you built rc cars in the past have you built rc airplanes like where where did where did you kind of get this this build experience from uh my head uh, I, we we just know how to build things. Like we've built assemblies. We've been around for about forty years now, and I've been doing it personally since nineteen ninety nine. Um, you know, starting off with like old uh, AutoCAD, um, going into MasterCam. MasterCam is primarily the the one thing that I design everything in. It's kind of restrictive and, um, you know, I get kind of like this, uh, you know, this chuckle when I, I bring it up and it's like, why did you just use uh, like SolidWorks or something? And I was like, well, you know, MasterCam for me, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at, you know, I, I've been doing it for a long time and I can just fly. So I, there's always a way around you know things like um so what we did with uh, with the whole you know battle bot and everything like that is we actually went out to the material shed found plates and and pieces of stock that we previously already had we knew the size of the weapon that we wanted and then we went backwards we took the stock that we already had and then designed the bot around what stock we had here Hmm. So we did not spend hmm. any money except for two three-eighths plates and the weapon material to build this whole bot. Wow. Wow. Because it was a it was a it was a crapshoot anyways to, to see if we could get on the show. <laughs> so we did it with no money. This is a it's a really interesting way of kind of going at, at BattleBots, you know, like I think the conventional way is like, oh, I, I build a three pounder, then I build a 30 pounder, then, you know, I apply with my 30 pounder, Greg accepts it, I build the 250 pounder, you know, but but the way that the way that you solve this problem is really interesting, you know, like to say, hey, here's all of the stuff that I have at my disposal. I'm going to marathon the show. I'm going to take a bunch of notes. I'm going to take what I have and then build something that I think is going to be competitive. I think I think it's a, it's a pretty cool way of, of tackling this problem. Yeah, you know, for us, it was it was all about cost savings for our first rodeo. You know, uh, BattleBots is uh, as 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 it should be no secret is very expensive, you know, and it's extremely fortunate that we have, you know, our own machine shop at our disposal to be able to, to do these things uh, for way cheaper and in a way faster amount of time than someone who would re have to rely on, uh, you know, purchasing this kind of uh, time and work and material. Uh, and so we, we just, we saw uh, the cost savings that we could get and we used that to our advantage. How much do you think Dragon Slayer costs to build um, based on like your the parts that you 
bought for Piranha previously and then the new material that you put into Dragon Slayer this past season? Like total cost, if, if you could estimate it? So uh, Dragon Slayer borrows uh, the motors, uh, an early set of wheels, uh, the weapon motors, and... At, at one time, the batteries uh, and, and the ESCs as well from Piranha. So Piranha, most of Piranha is inside Dragon Slayer. Um, I, I would say it, it for, for me to build Piranha, it was like 5500 bucks, And then what was brought over from Piranha was about $3,000 worth of electronics. Got it. Got it. Um, and then like the extra material, like uh, was, was there any extra cost there? There? You know, like Dylan said, it only took us about six hundred dollars plus uh, the cost of the uh, the weapon, which is uh, we bought that material for like three hundred bucks. So three, less than a thousand. Oh yeah, less than a thousand. So three thousand borrowed from Piranha and an additional nine hundred material. So the original Dragon Slayer probably cost thirty nine hundred dollars to make. Yeah, about thirty five. Wow. A hundred wow. bucks less than Jeff Waters' machine. <laughs> <laughs> Very important. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, we, we got the cheapest right. robot. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about the other members of your team. Um, you know, I, I know that we have Justin here on the line and then Josh couldn't, couldn't make it. But can uh, maybe Justin, maybe you can talk a little bit more about uh, about your role on the team and then uh, tell me a little bit more about what Josh does. Well, as for me, uh, I'm the main machinist here. Uh, I basically run the, the back portion of the shop and keep the machines running. So when Jordan came up here uh, the very first time to have his weapon made and said it was for BattleBots, I was like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> That's too cool. <laughs> like, I don't believe you. I got to see this thing. So he started telling me about it. Uh, we ended up making the weapon for Piranha. Uh, and after that, he asked me if I would help him model it because, you know, to get the submission, you got to have the full 3D CAD model. So like he had said earlier, I would go up to his house, you know, every once in a while and we'd work on bits and pieces of it till we got it all, uh, all 3D modeled. And then from there... Uh, after Piranha didn't get in and the employment of Jordan over here, we kind of started to think about it. So we all sat down and uh, watched BattleBots and decided what we were going to go with. And I ended up doing a good portion of the machining work and helping Dylan with the, the design of it. And then putting it all together making sure it all fit and work. And then I, while we were there, uh, basically was the pit crew maintenance, making sure it would uh, keep running. Very of cool. Of course, the dedicated spinner operator at yeah. all times. Yeah, I got to oh. uh, operate the spinny bit. Nice. That's cool. And then tell me a little bit more about Josh, the uh, the only team member that, that we don't have here. You know, what what, what was Josh's job? So Josh helped with all the electronics, uh, helping us get a better understanding of uh, the telemetry. Uh, we, while we were there, were working with some circuits so we could have some Hall effect sensors to actually get some readings, although we never implemented them. Uh, Josh was kind of 
you know, late to the bus. So it's still a work in progress uh, in terms of advancing our uh, feedback side. But he he's very knowledgeable in programming, so he will help in the future controls and maybe even a little bit of AI control, hopefully. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, it was, it was, we were very fortunate to have Josh come with us there uh, a little bit last minute. But, uh, I mean, even with such a limited amount of time, uh, Josh was able to bring a, a lot of material with him uh, to help us get uh, telemetry readings, like Justin said. I mean, he, he's sitting down there, like literally, it looks like he's hacking into the White House, uh, figuring out how to, how to get good <laughs> readings from this thing spinner and uh, getting current draw readings and stuff, making sure that things aren't getting too hot and all that, but he, he did a damn good job, uh, considering how, 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 considering our time constraint. I mean, we were strained as is getting the robot together before the show. You know, we were, uh, we were actually, uh, on, on the maybe list for a long time. And I think we got the call to be on the show about a month and a half after everybody else. So, uh, the project was kind of put on pause between that time. And so it was about 90% done. Uh, we had some lids and covers to make, uh, the back cover, the lights to consider since we needed uh, the indication lights this year. Right. Uh, but once we got that phone call, it was all hands on deck to get everything buttoned up and finished up and making sure we had all the replacement bits and electronics to uh, actually be successful. Yeah, I went out and bought champagne and I'm like, all right, after this little party, we got to get down to business, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Jordan, I, I just have one last question about, about Halsey Manufacturing. So I know that you joined the Halsey Manufacturing family, you know, like between Piranha and Dragon Slayer. Um, tell me about that decision to like join the company and um, and what, what, what you do now at, at Halsey. So the first time I got to really hang out with these guys uh, was actually at my, my 21st birthday party. So these guys have known me since I was 20. And I'll be 23 in like two and a half weeks. It's almost hard to believe that much time has passed. But uh, that's that's when I got the job offer, offer from them on my 21st birthday. Uh, just us hanging out. And, uh, you know, Piranha acted as my resume, showing that I could I could put something together like that and have the ambition and the, uh, the drive to get it done, even though it wasn't accepted, was enough to get a job here. And, you know, I, I started off, you know, with, with with really little little knowledge and no formal training whatsoever in machining. So I was doing uh, a lot of menial work at first. And over time, uh, I've now been here for almost two years. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've gotten a lot better to the point where I think I, I can train new employees even. Uh, I do uh, a lot of machine operating around here. Uh, I've still got a lot to learn, but I'm very, very glad 
uh, that I took this job. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, I want to ask one last set of questions before we get into the listener questions, you know, about your, your BattleBots experience in Las Vegas. Um, so you get accepted. Now you're like making your way out to Vegas. Um, I'm curious what your expectations were for, for the season, kind of like expectations of what it was going to be like to compete on the show and how close the show actually came to those expectations or, you know, were you, super surprised when you got there because things were a lot different than, than you thought it was going to be? Uh, so for, for me, it, it was a shock, believe me, when we got there. Uh, going from, uh, and I, I actually forgot to touch on, on this earlier, but going from a, a fan in the studio audience of season four, you can actually see me uh, in the uh, round of eight and round of four, holding up a death roll sign. Uh, if you go back and watch those on tape, uh, to, to being back there in the pit, competing with these very same people, it, it's it's intense when you walk in and you're and you're a part of that. You just you it, you no longer feel like a fan. You just you instantly feel like you're a part of it. You know, but um, I don't know. I was starstruck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I I actually ha- I had some people from the Dallas Makerspace, um, Brady and Logan and Mitch Sharoni from uh, Sub Zero. Uh, I knew them previously, and uh, Texas Switchback has uh, Frank Lima and Greg Needle on there that uh, were uh, OG Dallas Makerspace uh, uh, members. So when we got there and we we're uh, sharing next to. Uh, uh, Texas switchback. I was like, well, this kind of feels like a big old maker fair. So I felt <laughs> right at home. Yeah, there there was there was a good group of, of Texas teams at, at BattleBots this year. Um, did did like did the pit experience? Was there anything surprising about the pit experience? You know, um, did you make friends? Oh, you know, I can, I can think of yeah. one. Tell, tell me. It was pretty shocking. <laughs> shocking. Yes. Yeah. So you, you walk in, you touch the door handle, you get shocked, you shake somebody's hands. It shocks you. You, you do anything. You're constantly being elect- electrocuted. <laughs> it, yes. it was a hell of a thing. They, they blamed it on the humidity and the big plastic floor and uh, the, uh, the current of air going through there very quickly. It was a shocking experience uh, for sure in more ways than one. Uh but but that was a universal experience, at least. So um, yeah. Also, I wonder how many ESCs people lost or MOSFETs uh, they got damaged just because of the uh, stack electricity in that place. Yeah, yeah. I um I, I got to spend a day in the pits, and for me, it was like it took it took a whole like more day, like you know, like it, it took me like another twenty four hours after I left. Before, like, you know, I wasn't, like, trying to ground myself before I, I turned, like, a door handle or something, you know. Um, like, I was just constantly expecting to get shocked, you know. Um, it was uh, it was like we were tortured, you know, a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, you it, know. It instills, even after we got back to Texas, it's like I'm, I'm opening doors with the back of my hand, not touching <laughs> metal, you know. It took about two weeks for that to wear off. I'm like, wait a minute. 
I'm not in Vegas anymore. I don't get shocked by inanimate objects. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, you know, so you were talking a little bit about, about meeting the other builders, you know. Um, did you have time to, to meet the other builders? You know, did you um, did you get a warm welcome, you know, from, from the builders? Can, can you talk about some of the people that, that you met in the pits? Uh, we did. Uh, you know, we, we got, uh, I think I can say this much, we got our first fight on the... Uh, second day of filming so we had a little bit of time to uh run around and talk to people and it it was very chill for a little while uh but after our first fight it it quickly became a uh uh kind of a a mad scramble i would say to keep everything ship shape and it was that way for a lot of people too but then for for newcomers like us it 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 really is a shock uh i mean that metaphorically this time uh, to, to, to understand how much hard work this is. I mean, it's, it's like taking a second full-time job, you know? Uh, but for the, that first, for those first, like two, maybe two and a half days, we had a lot of time to run around and meet people. Um, some of the people that we got in touch with beforehand were, were Will Bales. So, uh, he very, very graciously helped us balance one of our asymmetrical spinners, that we we made and already hardened, and he, uh, he at least pointed me in the right direction. Yeah, he he did. Dil- Dylan was able to uh, get the thing redesigned and performing good and looking real good too, uh, with just just a little bit of his help. But uh, I know you said that uh, you gave you gave him a, a nice big handshake when you oh, saw yeah, him as soon as you very, got there. Very much so. I saw him out, uh, you know, just uh, shake his hand and thank him. Also, uh, the Brazilian teams, those guys are awesome. Those Those guys are one of the best people you can possibly meet. Uh, You know, Brazilians are hands down, you know, one of the nicest, uh, nicest uh, um, people. Yeah, that that being uh, Minotaur and Black Dragon were just, I I mean, they were our best friends after (laughs) very quickly. That's great. Um, yeah. What, one last question, you know, um, was there like something big that you learned um, from your first season at BattleBots? You know, is there something you would do differently next year, you know, when you bring Dragon Slayer version two, or maybe something that you learned for the next rookies that are maybe listening to this episode and thinking about applying uh, for their first season of BattleBots? Yeah, I could ramble off about a 12-page list of things I would do differently next time. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the conditioning of your uh, motors is very, very important. And I did not understand how important that, that was until we got there, until, until we went through what we went through. Yes, battle hardening is very, very important. Yeah. Um, let me jump into uh, to our listener questions. We have a lot of them, so maybe we can kind of fly through these. Um, let's start off with some good questions from BattleBots superfan Alexander Archer, who wants to know, can you tell us a little bit more about your robot? Is there anything special about it over all of the other two-wheeled vertical spinners that we've seen in the past? So the one neat thing that comes to mind right away that Dragon Slayer can do is uh, something I have dubbed my bar trick. Uh, if, if Dragon Slayer is flipped upside down, it just takes a quick slam forward and then a slam into reverse to swing the whole chassis back right side up because it, it uh, upside down, it can, it, 
it can spin upside down, but only with a certain set of uh, of uh, wings that allows to drive inverted. Uh, and this is a question that uh, I uh, I saw on a Reddit thread, and, and I tried to post about it, but uh, I don't think I had enough uh, Reddit karma hmm. uh, to even get my comment up there. So this is maybe a good time for me to talk about that. Yeah. Um, uh, fans have noticed and pointed out that those little wings that allow us to drive inverted uh, do not extend past the height of the weapon. There is a reason for that, and this is it's a little bit of a, a design flaw that we had to work around in a bit of a time crunch. Uh, with those taller wings on there, which you can see in our most recent post on Instagram, uh, that will allow the weapon to spin upside down, but... Dragon Slayer can, uh, and this is what uh, BattleBuds veterans will, will call uh, doing the thing, which is where Dragon Slayer can get stuck in a very compromising position, just up in the air, tilted up on those wings, kind of between one wheel, the tip of the wing, and the tip of the wedge, and it, it just gets stuck like that. Uh, think, you know, Razorback versus Bronco, or uh, I think two instances of malice, uh, it gets stuck like that. Uh, so the reason that we cut down some of those wings that we made, we made eight of them total, we cut them down so that it could drive upside down, but with those shorter ones, if it ever gets stuck in that position, it will fall right back into place. So that's the reason that we ran with those in most of our fights. Interesting. Um, second question from Alexander. Are there any veteran robots that you're scared of going up against as rookies? You know, was there a design that you're like, oh, I really don't want to face uh, face this veteran in the box? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got sort of like a name right off the top of my head, and that includes basically every horizontal spinner. Hmm. You know, uh, given our, our pause and building time for about a year and a half, uh, this is what kind of led to this unfortunate circumstance. Uh Dragon Slayer was well prepared for uh, control bots, drum spinners, uh, verticals like uh, like Witch Doctor and Hypershock, uh, because that's what those scooping wedges were designed to keep away. You know, they jut out about four inches and in keeping it away from the body. Uh, so that that those are the kind of opponents that we can go against. But we were not prepared uh, at all with a shield that was made to tackle horizontal spinners. So. Uh, we were really in particular worried about those. We, we fought a myriad of different opponents this year. Um, but they, they work very well at times and not very well at others. You know, I, I can't say too much, but, uh, yeah, to answer that question plainly, horizontal spinners, any, any one of those could have done us in. Now you partially answered this question, but I'd love to expand on it. Was there anyone in particular that you wanted to fight this season? Maybe uh, an opponent that Dragon Slayer was really well designed for. Yeah, this this question's almost set up for one answer in particular. You can see from about ten miles away, uh, and that would be, of course, Black Dragon. Uh, we, <laughs> in, in designing in designing Dragon Slayer and picking our theme, you know. We we knew what it was going to look like beforehand, but there was always the uh, the the task of, of theming it. We wanted a, a theme that was uh, it really stood out. It it wasn't like uh, um, it, it it was something like uh, uh, you know witch doctor or uppercut. It it had a very standout kind of theme. And so what we did was we we looked at bots and we tried to determine what is 
a, a theme that someone has not tried yet, both in the reboot and the older seasons, and on Robot Wars to an extent as well. And we didn't see uh, anyone go with a night theme. And we thought, well, if, if, if we did go with a night theme, who can be our, our nemesis? And we looked through the list very quickly and realized, there it is, a knight and a dragon. Call it Dragon Slayer. There you go. We've got a fight that is practically set up for us. This is all the more reason to to accept our robot. You know, we've got a, a great, you know, main event fight card lined up against Black Dragon. I, That's originally really cool. I wanted to name it uh, Holy Moly and put <laughs> put a Caddyshack uh, <laughs> and put a Caddyshack uh, Gopher in it. Yes, Dragon Slayer, especially <laughs> if you look on the inside, as a, it has many Swiss cheese-like holes on the inside. <laughs> um, so Alexander also wants to know about the theme. You know, Did the bot's medieval theme come from a medieval festival that you went to? If so, which medieval festival did you go to? What did you get to do? How was it? Have you been to a medieval festival before? Like, Are you medieval fans? Are you uh, fans of knights? You know, uh, I guess m- more, more about the decision to, to go with knights. It, it, it didn't stem from a particular, uh, uh, like, hardcore interest in anything. It was just something that we saw that no one had tried before. We thought that uh, we could incorporate a, a good design in a robot really well going with that kind of theme. Uh, I think uh, I think maybe, you know, for a little sponsorship opportunity, we might seek out Medieval Times next year. Wink, wink. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> So that was a that's a nice little coincidence there that we can maybe get something out of that, but not really. It was just it was just uh, something we thought was cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, a couple more questions from Alexander. Did you make Dragon Slayer poker chips like a lot of the other teams did uh, this year? So uh, those are on the way. Uh, we oh. had no idea that we had no. And I'm I'm looking at the design right here in front of me. It looks it looks pretty badass. Um, but when we got there. We didn't know that that so many teams were going to be prepared with all kinds of merch. You know, uh, the poker chips were a big thing. I did not know about those beforehand. Uh, uh, but through through some uh, private discussions between uh, all of the builders, it was an idea that stemmed up, and we we just we didn't uh, see it quite in time uh, to get our own made. Mm. But uh, they are on their way. They will be here. But. Um, nice. There was a very limited amount of, of stuff that we could give away. We we gave away a few T-shirts to uh, both sponsors and, you know, friends of the shop, friends of family. And uh, we brought uh, four, count them, one, two, three, four stickers with us to give away. Meanwhile, there were <laughs> that were literally giving away hundreds, if not thousands. So yeah. uh, for those of you at the event who got a Dragon Slayer sticker, uh, consider selling it on eBay for a lot of money. <laughs> I, it's limited I think, edition. It's limited. It's very, very limited edition. I think. I think the only team that that got one was a pain train because one one went on the robot, one went on Dylan's laptop, one uh, sub zero, one was given a sub zero, uh, and then. Uh yeah, one one was given to Pain Train, traded for two of their poker chips. So, Pain Train, you have a uh, a piece of Dragon Slayer history, I guess. 
There you go, Evan. Yeah, hold on to that. It's going to be worth a lot in the future. Um, And then last question from Alexander. Are you planning to apply to the already confirmed seventh season of BattleBots next year? Absolutely. No doubt about it. We've got all of our improvements set and ready to go. Uh, We are sticking with the theme. Might do a little color change. And uh, I've got a very very special gimmick this year. Uh, Let's just say I might be dressing up in uh, some very heavy costuming. (laughs) <laughs> cool um we've got an important question from james b who asks is dragon slayer fireproof <laughs> it is good uh, yeah um the the top plastic is called Raydell, and it's fire retardant it's a fire retardant plastic yeah that is one piece of armor we got to test very well um we held a torch to it for about two straight minutes, and it didn't melt at all. It just got a little sticky. Uh, so that's half-inch thick Raydell paneling on the top of the robot. You might notice that the top of the robot is a little different color from the rest, so that's what that is. And uh, I'm trying to think, what what can I give away with no spoilers? Uh, it it held up good. You know, it, it did well. We, we might use it again next year. It all, it all depends on what the design calls for. We've got... We don't have much... It depends on the sourcing. It depends on the sourcing. It is expensive stuff and hard to come by. But uh, yeah, there are parts of Dragon Slayer that are indeed fireproof, to answer your question. Good. Andre Cruz wants to know, how stressful was your rookie season of BattleBots? Were you running around like chickens with your heads cut off? Or were you a bit more chill than your other fellow rookie builders? Oh, chickens with heads cut off for sure. Uh, (laughs) for, For me, at least, you know, it... It's a lot to take in. You're on a very tight schedule. Like I said, it is like taking a, a second full-time job when you're out there, you know. And, and of course, it's it's two weeks. It's two weeks of filming that, um, you know, you readjust your, your sleep schedule for. You readjust your work schedule. You got to find new things to eat. It's all it's all very stressful being in a, in a new city, in a new place, doing... A, a new kind of thing for the very first time. Granted, it it's it's fun. There's 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 time for fun. You know, you you work for forty eight hours and you get three minutes of fun once every couple days. You know, <laughs> but uh, uh, socializing is very important when you're there. It's very important to meet with people and and mellow out and just chill because you can't. the The pit is open from six a.m. to midnight, and you can't be like. You know, me and Justin were taking every little second of that to work and then getting very little sleep and just doing the best you can off of that. You have to take time for yourself, you know, and you have to remember that you are there to to have fun and to be on TV and interact with a great crowd. So that is something that you have to keep in mind to in order to de-stress. And that's that's really important. Um, I can't agree more. And I, I thought some of the coolest moments were like after the show at the builder bar, you know, with all of the builders just kind of talking about the day. Um, so yeah, uh, hopefully you'll be able to experience more of that and just, uh, not spend your entire time and, you know, in, in the pits. I, I experienced a lot of that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good. This dude was by the pool having a great time. What would you say? More, more, more time than being in the pit. <laughs> Jokingly, of course, but nice. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I got to meet a 
very cool people. Uh, Wally uh, um, from uh, Lockjaw and, you know, uh, Lockjaw's whole team is just amazing also. Yeah. You know, um, sitting down with Donald uh, for a good 30 minutes was was amazing. That's really cool. That's really cool. Uh, Gareth Jones asks, which bot other than Dragon Slayer was your favorite 2020 rookie? 2021 rookie. Oh, sorry. 2021 rookie. Uh, maybe I wrote down this question wrong. Yeah, there we go. Gareth. Uh, uh, yeah, 2021 20, rookie. I think he has one and I got one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so out, out of the, the, the 10 rookies, including us, um, I, I would have to say, you know, th- there was a great selection of new bots this year. A, a whole lot of them. They were all, they were all really great. Uh, one of the most amazing technological marvels that was there was um, uh, without a doubt, triple crown. Mm. We, we were sitting in the pit watch and there, there are, there are uh, TVs in the pits uh, in between every two tables so that you can watch the fights live. Uh, and we all saw, Triple Crown turn on for the first time and kind of uh, uh, like almost like, like slither its way into its corner. And you can hear everybody go like, whoa, we had never seen that before. Wow. You know, so that was that was really something to see. But I I think that my favorite um, out, of, out of out of the 10 rookies would have to be. Uh, it, it's so hard to choose. They were all so great. But um I, I would say blip. Yes. Blip is just yes. It is something else. Yes. We were all going over there and checking out the way that it works, and we were we were dumbfounded, and so was everybody else. It was it was unreal. Yeah, uh, mine was R- Riptide. Riptide. Okay. Riptide. Yeah. Um, Riptide. That, that Ethan guy, man. He 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 he's he's something else. Uh, he he had a good bot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, there are technically at one point pieces of dragon slayer inside of riptide they borrowed some bearings from us that's cool so- <laughs> yeah and also sub-zero yeah and sub-zero as well there are some dragon slayer parts on sub-zero you may see a dragon slayer sticker on sub-zero for one of their fights uh, i won't say anything more than that that's cool um yeah you know I, I i agree with you on on blip um you know when when i when i was walking the pits and i walked over there and i saw one like they were winding that that's like i don't know that that material you know um using, <laughs> yeah there's a nickelodeon gag inside of yeah, blip. That's, yes. what it, that's what it used like that that red <laughs> goo and i was like what is this i've never seen so much goo inside of a robot and um, Aaron like described how it worked, and I was like, um, I don't understand what you're saying, but I just want to keep saying yes, you know, like uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. And um, Aaron, it's strawberry jam. <laughs> yes, right, right. Um, and and finally, I, I think I kind of got it, but I was like, oh my god, like this thing is really incredible. So um, yeah, I, I can't wait for for everyone to see it. Um, and yeah, same. Oh, twenty twenty one. And is going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, and and Riptide also super super cool robot. Um, really like it just looks me- mean, and um, I, I love the styling on that robot. Really looking forward to seeing it, seeing it in the box. Even even from their test videos, it's no secret that that thing is a monstrously powerful spinner. And I, you're gonna you're gonna be just be on the lookout for them this year. You don't want to miss their fights. Yeah. 
Jeff Duke Jr. asks, what were the biggest surprises you can share as a rookie team on your inaugural year in BattleBots? I know you've kind of touched on this before. Are there any other surprises you can think of? So one of the biggest surprises for me, uh, and I'll get a little technical here, I guess, uh, seeing the components inside of other people's robots, you know, the, the pit is always, uh, it, it's always open. People have their bots open all the time. Going and seeing up close for the first time what is inside other people's robots is is astounding sometimes, you know, because like I said, much of Dragon Slayer is borrowed from Piranha, which is a bot that was built in 2018 uh, with knowledge that was accrued between 2015 and, and that time. So you go and look at 2015 bots and they are, they're absolutely nothing like what is there now. Uh, I mean, the, the, the curve for improvement in BattleBots is is exponential. I mean, y- you're going to see the difference between 2021 and 2020 clear as day. I mean, these robots just get meaner and meaner every year. They get faster. They get more powerful. The designs just get crazy. And, you know, there are manufacturers out there of these motors and these ESCs that are, are making these kind of insane imp- power improvements possible. You know, and I can I can only imagine how crazy 2022 is going to be for us, too. Yeah, we're going to get a lot better. That's for sure. Yeah, Um, we've got a good three part question from Mario Cast, And I think you may have touched on some of these already. But how will your bot handle driving inverted? Can Dragon Slayer shoot flames? And does your bot have additional features or other armaments that you want to tell us about? So uh, I'll go ahead and answer that. That second question. Dragon Slayer does not shoot flames. Uh, <laughs> uh, the night theme is more to uh, deflect incoming flames from any and all dragons that we may go up against. But uh, we uh, we we would have had the weight allocation for it. You know, the bot came in uh, a little lightweight at times. You know, I, I think the lightest configuration we have this year. Uh, we we got the bot down to about two twenty two hundred twenty six pounds. So hmm. should we require a flamethrower? there may be room for it, you know, especially if we can carry over that weight saving to our season seven design. Um, and then uh, driving inverted, of course, I, I touched on that about as much as I could earlier. Um, and then uh, additional features or other armaments, you know, we we had planned on bringing uh, uh, four different types of... Uh, of shield armaments and and this year we 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 had three two of which were very similar uh you can see in our our uh our profile picture on battlebots.com uh it has the uh the shields with the scooping uh trusses on them i guess you could call we also have some that are flat and don't stick out nearly as much they allow us to get in a little bit closer to robots that may not have a big scary spinning weapon on front and kind of control them a little bit better and then there are some heavily armored wedges that are just like the first set i mentioned that are uh much thicker uh most of them are a quarter inch those are three-eighths of an inch and that is what brings us right up to 250 pounds with our lightest weapon got it oh oh, and the weapons i should talk about i should talk about the weapons too um yeah you have like three three different types right three three, and then uh there's uh kind of a secret one that uh, oh. is is on the Instagram. You may have seen. Um, there is the tri spinner, which I posted quite a long time ago. That 
and I, I hope not to ruin too much of the surprise, but that that triple edge spinner is actually a prototype that we uh, did not bring this year because it is an 11 pound all aluminum prototype uh, that was part of our application video. Ma made for filming purposes Ma only. Made for filming purposes only. So now uh, it was actually all black in the video and it got painted absolutely gorgeously by one of our generous sponsors, uh, David Tidwell of Dallas Airbrush, who did our heaviest spinner that we actually did bring with us. That's the one that you see in our uh, hero shots and things. It's got that same dragon scale with orange fire on the tips. And then, of course, you can see on the back, it's got the white scales with the blue flame. Uh, that is our heaviest weapon. That one weighs in at 43 pounds. And then we have our medium weapon, uh, which is the one that I've nicknamed Sega Knight, as you can see on the BattleBots website, <laughs> a little interesting fact section. That's our medium one. That one weighs 37 pounds. It, it's kind of designed for, for horizontal spinners. It has a little bit of a cutaway in the middle. It's got uh, a lot of the, more of the weight towards the outside for a bar spinner. But that one, uh, when you, when you do eventually see it, uh, I painted it, uh, black with a stencil of, uh, with some, uh, night chess pieces. And uh, it was very frustrating because I actually had to repaint it four times because I kept dropping it and it kept getting dirty and ruined while the paint was wet. Hmm. So I, I literally painted it for the fifth time at BattleBots at the uh, uh, spray painting section, which was a, a covered uh, little tarp area uh, with a, <laughs> a lot of spray paint marks on it by the end of the event. And uh, our final weapon is our asymmetrical one. That one is the Crusader, which Dylan designed. Uh, it's got a cool, almost like, it almost looks like a, like a key, sort of. Uh, that one weighs 31 pounds. Uh, it would be, of course, the easiest one to spin up. Spins up very quickly. Uh, and then Dylan did the designing on it. It's got a cross at each end. It's really cool looking. Cool. Yeah, trying to utilize the easy, easy way, you know. Um, you know, everybody else was going hard to co uh, hard, hard to the paint, uh, you know, as I would say. Um, I, I just took it over to the laser and put it in there. Let let all that that work be done with a, you know, nice annealment. Got it. Um, we've got a good question here from Sumi Shik, who wants to know. I, I think uh, maybe based on on your two uh, two big tires on on like the, uh, the the ends of the robot, was Axe Backwards part of the design inspiration for Dragon Slayer? Axe Backwards was was uh, I, I can say confidently no was not part of the design. Uh, believe it or not, I think the first robot that I ever pointed out in our design process was in fact not a battle bot, but a robot that appeared on Robot Wars. Hmm. Uh, robot Wars hmm. uh, did a, uh, I guess like a celebrity special, and there was a robot on there called Kadena Machina. Uh, it was, I, I would say, a, a monsoon-like robot. It just didn't have the uh, uh, pivoting weapon holder chassis kind of thing. So that's where I wanted the design to go at, at, at first. You know, it had two very big wheels on the back, it was symmetrical, uh, driving inverted or not. Uh, so we, we took that as our starting point 
and I think we kind of merged a little bit more towards uh, Scorpios. You know, they have those big scooping wedges that are bolted on to the uh, front of the chassis, which is slanted and actually looks quite a lot like ours. If you were to see the Bear Dragon Slayer chassis and the Bear uh, Scorpios chassis, they, they look they look similar. Um, and then I think the last element of that was, um, as far as our design details, was we, we had to have something that can have that, that swinging effect to, to ride it. But it, it is asymmetrical when it is upside down. So we like to keep the robot pointed right side up. Got it. Uh, just a couple left here. Uh, Survivor fan Sean Peterson has a three-part question. First, are you fans of Coach from Survivor? And did he inspire the name? Uh, of course, Survivor fan. <laughs> uh, I'll answer this one. Uh, <laughs> Well, I got something to say about it too, but you go ahead. <laughs> um, absolutely not. <laughs> although, uh, although that I love Coach and I've watched every season <laughs> generously, probably three times over. Uh, no. <laughs> and and see this this is my contribution to it. This is my age showing. I'm I'm a millennial for sure now. Um, someone on Reddit said something along the lines of uh, when they saw the Dragon Slayer reveal publicly, they said uh, Coach called, he wants his nickname back, and I'm like <laughs> what is that all about? Who's Coach? And I couldn't for the life of me like figure out what was going on. I'm like, hmm, I was, it had me thinking. And then finally someone, I think, posted a gift somewhere of Coach saying, I'm the Dragon Slayer, you know, and it had like Survivor, and I'm like, <laughs> That's what that's from. That's what that is. I have seen that before. Uh, but oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, we so yes, I yes, hope that answers Sean, the question. Sean, not 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 because of coach. All right. Maybe we can pay maybe we can pay a little tribute to coach next time. Maybe we'll try to do that. <laughs> I'll do his stance, okay? Yeah, well maybe we'll all do it. And, Next time, next time uh, for our, our team photo, we'll all, we'll all get that going. That's good. Um, Sean, second second question: Why did you go with the two wheel design over a four wheel design? Much, so, much easier to design. It much uh, yeah. That uh, that is one thing for sure. And uh, I, I forgot to mention this robot earlier because uh, we we got a similar question just a second ago. Electric Boogaloo is the biggest comparison to another robot I have been that we have been drawn to many times. Uh, for, for those who don't know, Electric Boogaloo was a uh, RoboGames mainstay uh, in 2012 and 2015. And uh, actually, uh, I think Orion Beach applied to be on BattleBots uh, with Electric Boogaloo, uh, but ended up doing Rex in 2015. But um, more more than any other robot, we have been, uh, we have the des uh, our design compared to electric boogaloo and now that i i see it and it wasn't part of the inspiration no, at, at first not, not at all actually because uh, i didn't even know who electric boogaloo was until uh you know everybody on reddit was like oh that's an electric boogaloo uh dressed up in a, a uh a knight's costume yeah. i was like man oh nobody <laughs> said that actually they did are you no yes. i've never seen okay I'll, <laughs> I'll take your word for it but um yeah, uh, the, the two-wheel design is, uh, as Dylan said, a, it, it is, in fact, easier. It was a direct mount to the NPCs, those wheels. Um, and, and like I said, I, I like being able to do my bar trick. I like being able to flip the robot over like that. And that was something that 
we, we actually didn't know the robot could do at, at first. We found that out uh, while testing our upside down drive just to make sure that it could drive upside down with the little bearings that we have on our wings. And we were just all out there one night. Uh, it, we were we, we were drinking a little bit and we were like, all right, let's drive this thing upside down. Let's see what happens. And I, I just pushed it forward, slammed it in reverse without the weapon on there. And it very easily slung forward. And we were like, oh my God, we have this collective like group hug. We were all screaming like, that's awesome. And you know, it, 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 it stuck from there. So I think we're going to stick with that two wheel design. And I, I think it sets us apart from other robots too. Yeah. Um, final question from Sean. What is your favorite BattleBot of all time? If you could only Ooh, choose one. Good question. If I could only choose one from from now until the beginning of time, I, I have a soft spot for one particular robot that heavily inspired the design of Piranha, and that is the middleweight uh, called Ankle Biter, oh. uh, specifically the Season 5 Ankle Biter. Um, uh, for those who have not seen Ankle Biter, uh, Ankle Biter versus El Diablo is an excellent fight. Uh, I was just really enamored uh, with their performance in that fight, and I wanted to take what I thought was really good about um, Ankle Biter and kind of just fix a couple of things that I that I thought could be fixed in my design for Piranha. Uh, you can see if you do a side by side comparison of the two, they are very similar, uh, with the exception that. Um, uh, Piranha is uh, perfectly invertible. Uh, Ankle Biter is not with their big, huge spinning disc. But that is a robot that has a very soft spot in my heart. I love that robot. It's awesome. Did very well in uh, Season 5 of BattleBots in 2002. But I, I, I would say that that bot would be my favorite. Very cool. Um, all right. Uh, let's just uh, let's wrap up with a series of kind of silly questions from the listeners. Uh, Alan Milton asks, were there a lot of Vegas showgirls who were either jealous or impressed with your feather headdresses? <laughs> I saw that one earlier. Uh, so uh, Jackpot might have shared uh, their own uh, decorative feather uh, feather boa thing and malice as well that they had this year. However, they did not keep it on their robot. Uh, they only brought it into the arena as a little show and then removed it. We, however, uh, kept the feathers on. Nice. Uh, we, I, Dylan, I didn't see any showgirls in that part of Vegas, did you? Uh, no, we, we uh, eat, sleep, botted the whole time pretty much with drinking in the middle. Yeah, it was, a lot, it was a lot of hard work and then hard, you know, chilling. Uh, right back at the hotel. We didn't have too much time to wander around or anything, but I, dude, I would have loved to have taken Dragon Slayer just out on the town at least once. Maybe we, maybe we make time. Strap, strap it on top of when the I, car. And I'll, I'll spoil my surprise that I may have hinted to earlier. I, next time we go there, I will be wearing my night costume to Ellis Island and uh, be getting thoroughly wasted. <laughs> Uh, we got a question from a BattleBot. Uh, Blacksmith, you know, wants to know: Are you metal? Yes, absolutely. Did, Very much so. These guys know how much Good. I bother them with my hair metal music at work. Uh, the main computer in the middle of the shop is the one that is hooked up uh, with Spotify. Got, gotta and, love. Like, <laughs> some, I gotta love some Slayer myself, and yeah. even Dragon Force. No, I, nice. I, I put on my hair metal and bother these guys all day. Uh, I love Kicks. I love Skid Row. Uh, 
I, I know Al Kendall loves his metal. He's he's more metal than me. No one's more metal than Al Kendall, I'll tell you that for sure. But uh, uh, a solid yes to answer that question. Good. Uh, Jackpot team member Shay Waffles Johns has an intriguing question about Twinkies. She asks, how did you come to develop the perfect combat robotics crash test, Tummy? And how many spare Twinkies did you bring expecting to go through them? So tell us more about these Twinkies. I just find this so interesting. Uh, how, how did this happen? Where'd you put the Twinkie? You know, like, uh, yeah, talk, talk to us about this. So it, it, the reason it is there is because, uh, uh, and I'll back, I'll, I'll rewind to the very beginning of the trip, uh, on the 19th and 20th, uh, Justin and I, uh, drove in one car that carried, I would say about 95% of the material, including the robot itself, uh, all the elect- spare electronics, all of our tools, uh, and several uh, what I've called band-aids, uh, very large pieces of aluminum that we could have cut up at the show and uh, attached to the robot should we need to. So the the our SUV was very weighed down to begin with, but we made a we made a stop by a grocery store and bought about I'd say a hundred dollars worth of uh, junk food uh, to eat along <laughs> the trip. And while we were there, so as to not spend too much money, and then we ended up eating about ten dollars worth of it. <laughs> And the rest, the rest may have came back with us. Some got thrown away. Some got gifted to other BattleBots builders. I think we left a whole tray of Oreos there. That was the only thing left behind at the Dragon Slayer table. But the Twinkies were there. And by the time we got there, I, I think we just ate Popeyes and Buffalo Wild Wings every day. Uh, and the Twinkies did not end up getting eaten. So in place of eating them, uh, I think just by chance someone had dropped one into the robot one day because it looked like it fit in there. And we were like, hey, let's leave that in there. <laughs> wow. Well, on the simple fact, if we did get blown apart, we would love to see a Twinkie, like, shoot out. Shoot thing. out of the robot. You know, <laughs> some, some robots like Hypershock and Tombstone get their batteries blown out. Some robots get split in half. Dragon Slayer may not may or may not have a Twinkie shoot out of it at some point this season. I can't confirm or deny. <laughs> but the uh, the the smart ish reasoning behind it is it is a shock test. The uh, the somewhat doughy outer shell of a Twinkie with the creamy inside filling uh, would be used to test the shock on our uh, zip tied ESCs and batteries covered in foam. Uh, to <laughs> to uh, understand. Uh, also, Twinkies last forever. Yes, I mean that. That's what it, I've been told. So. We're gonna put the same one in the robot next year. Good, good. All right. Uh, our final questions come from Scorpius co-captain Diana Tarlson, who wants to know how oh, many oh, dragon oh. varieties have each of you slain? I don't know oh. what this means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is great. Is we great. love Scorpios so much. Yes, uh, uh, they're a great team. I I would love to uh, give some spoilers on what sort of uh, mythical beast we may or may not have slain, but uh, unfortunately oh. I cannot do that. Um, given the opportunity, uh, I like uh, I, I like a mysterious answer. Uh, do you joust one another in your free time? So, like, there at Halsey Manufacturing, are you jousting in the parking lot? We we have enough rolly chairs here to perhaps joust one another should we decide to uh we do we do love our high-powered um 
pneumatic weapons, though. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> we we like uh, sometimes uh, here at work we throw pennies at each other. That <laughs> maybe that that's not jousting, <laughs> but it is a well, let's call it formal combat among peers. That's good. Um, and uh, she wants to end on a pun. Is your favorite time? Night time. Yeah. <laughs> it's always nighttime here at Wildside Robotics. And hey, maybe to, to backpedal, uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll bring a a lance for jousting, maybe as an anti huge weapon next year. Oh. We brought nice. a spear that yeah. Justin has a giant spear for self defense and we were like, Hey, if we go up against huge, maybe we'll duct tape it on there. <laughs> that, That's uh, great. Yeah, I yeah. That may have may or may not have happened due to NTA NDAs. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, all right. Well, color me intrigued. I'm 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 certainly very interested, and I want to thank you so much for talking with us. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing Dragon Slayer in the Battle Box in just a couple months uh, when the show returns to Discovery Channel. And uh, thanks so much for sharing your story. This is really cool. Really looking forward to seeing the robot soon. Absolutely, right. man. Thank it, you. It was an amazing thing to be a part of this. It's it's a once in a lifetime experience, and hopefully a, a twice in a lifetime experience at least next year. Come around, fingers crossed. Uh, we hope to put some merch out there. Uh, we didn't do a super good job of uh, promoting ourselves this year, at least compared to a lot of other teams. We're going to try to do a lot more of that next year, a lot more showmanship. You know, you get there, uh, and it's you feel kind of. I don't know. In front of the camera, sometimes you feel stiff, uh, but a lot of other teams who have been there for two, three, maybe even up to five, six seasons uh, are much more comfortable. And I hope that next year uh, we can get a little a little more crazy behind the camera, I'll, uh, do a little more showmanship, you know. Uh, so fingers crossed. Would love to be there next season. But right now it's all it's all systems go for season six. Can't wait to see us on TV. Uh, it's going to be amazing. I can tell you that, though. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. This week, we're traveling to Cairo, where border control agents detained a robot artist named Ada, who was traveling to Egypt to display her latest sculpture at the Great Pyramids. Ada was detained for 10 days at the border while agents took a look at her components over fears that her builders might have put spying equipment inside of her. She was ultimately cleared to enter the country and is headed now to the pyramids to exhibit a sculpture she created that was designed to answer the Greek riddle of the Sphinx. What goes by four feet in the morning, two feet at noon, and three feet at night? Ada's answer, a three-legged statue of herself. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, we've got robotic artists. You know, thoughts on this? Robotic artists turn spies, perhaps? Uh, it's, um, it's all Greek to me. um here's here's the messed up thing okay Lindsay decided not to uh to dial in tonight okay and she was the one who chose robots around the world okay like we could have done robotic tanks we could have done you know uh uh chicken wing robots these were all options this week hey hey luke hey luke yeah it sounds like you're it sounds like you're in denial (laughs) my god chris that's good. That's good. But uh, no, we we went we went with a robot artist. So uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you do you think that robot artists are, are gimmicks? I, I know I'm I'm genuinely curious. You know your your thoughts on this. Um, do you think that elephant artists are gimmicks? Yes, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Then I guess so. Okay. Um, no, elephant artists are not gimmicks. What what is this blasphemy that you're speaking? Okay, of? elephants don't have souls. Okay. Uh, you know, you need to have soul to to make art. They mourn their dead. They have funeral ceremonies for their dead. What are you talking That's about? That's a good they point. That's souls. a good point. Okay. All right. Elephants totally have souls. Do robots have souls? Well, I don't know. Maybe they dream of electric sheep and have souls. That's possible. But I do know. I've been to a few robot funerals too, Kyle. Um, does Norwalk count? <laughs> how how can a robot create art, Kyle? What is art? To quote a very unpopular senator, or actually, sorry, a very unpopular Supreme Court justice, I don't know what it is, but I know it when I see it. I think they were talking about pornography, Kyle. They were. They were, but art's the same. Okay. All right. We're we're quickly just this is this is going off the rails. What is art, Kyle? And can a robot make art? Yes, a robot can make art, and uh, art is in the eyes of the beholder, not the creator. Can art make a robot? <laughs> like a guy, a guy named Art. <laughs> I'm sure there's one out there. I'm sure a guy named Art could create a robot. I don't see any reason why not. Oh, Chris, end the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's about it for us today. We'll be back in your feed next Wednesday with another mystery guest. We'll see you then, folks. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.